Hi, folks, this is Brad Bright, and this is the God is the Issue podcast, where we show how God is the issue in every issue. Now, today, we're going to be talking about John Lennon and Bill Maher and where they got the whole God thing wrong. Go figure, right? Now, my goal today is, is not to convince you that God exists. My goal is to convince you that you want God to exist, and that's a very, very different conversation. You know, it, it, it all started earlier this week when Mike Johnson, the, the new Speaker of the House, he said, you know, pick up a Bible off the shelf. That's my worldview. Wow, did that trigger a reaction. You know, talk show, Bill Maher, you know, he's an atheist. He, he, he's upfront about that. But he implied that Speaker Johnson is mentally ill. I mean, he, implied, he really did. He implied Speaker John's mentally ill and then compared him to the recent mass shooter up in Louisville, uh, Maine, who, who gunned down 18 people. And, and Maher said this simply because of Johnson's worldview that it comes from the Bible. Shortly thereafter, uh, Jen Psaki, who's a host of MSNBC, she chimed in, and, and what she said is, yeah, you heard right. The Bible doesn't just inform his worldview. It is his worldview. I mean, shocker, right? Well, folks, there are three reasons why I believe Bill Maher wants God to exist. He just doesn't know it yet. And by God, let me let me say, I don't mean some fairy tale God that you make up in order to make yourself feel better. What I mean is the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who said, love your neighbor, the God who died on the cross and came back to life again in order to prove his deity. I mean the God of the Bible that Speaker Johnson referred to this week. But the question is, is why, why does Bill Maher want God to exist? I mean, he says he's an atheist, but... Actually, I think he wants God to exist. Better yet, though, why do you want God to exist? What, what might be at least one reason you might want God to exist? Now, there are many reasons, but I want to give you three. The first reason you want God to exist is because his followers have changed your life for the better. Have you ever thought about that? You see, now that the Beatles are back in the news, you know, with their latest release, you know, Now and Then, uh, you know, testimony to AI. I, I, but because they're back in the news, I want to start by quoting John Lennon from his song, Imagine. You know, it's the song we hear every New Year's Eve as the ball drops in Times Square. I'm going to, I, I'm going to just quote to you a few, a few of the lines from that. Then I'm going to ask you to imagine what life would really look like if John Lennon got his wish. You remember the song? He said, you know, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Now, I'm not going to sing any more of it because every, all of you will turn it off. So that's all I'm going to sing. That's all you get. But then he goes on and says, imagine no religion, you know. And that's the whole theme of this song. So what I want to do for the next few minutes is for all of us to imagine that there's no heaven. There's no hell, no religion, no God, and therefore no Christians. What would that look like? Imagine there's no Mother Teresa. Remember the Catholic nun who cared for the dying on the streets of Calcutta? Imagine there was no 
Reverend Nelson Mandela, the guy who led the movement against apartheid in South Africa. Imagine there's no Reverend Martin Luther King, you know, who pricked the conscience of America. Imagine there's no William Wilberforce who led the movement to outlaw the slave trade in the British Empire. All of these people were committed followers of Jesus who believed the Bible. Imagine there was no abolitionist movement in the United States. It was led by God-fearing men and women. And in fact, imagine there was no United States of America at all. You see, preachers like George Whitfield, Jonathan Edwards, Charles Wesley, and many, many others were the ones that gave the American colonies the backbone to fight through the war for independence. Without the preaching of the gospel, without Christian preachers, the war for independence could have never succeeded. But let's keep going. Let's go get more practical. Imagine there are no Baptist hospitals in your community, no Presbyterian hospitals, no Adventist hospitals, no Methodist hospitals, no Shriners Hospital, no Sweet Cedar Sinai Hospital, no St. Anthony's Hospital. Wow. Imagine there's no Samaritan's Purse, no World Vision, no Compassion International, no Catholic charities who try to help the poor and in those in greatest need around the world. Imagine there are no medical mission boats on the Amazon tending to the needs of the indigenous people. And folks, imagine there's no Harvard, no Princeton, no reality. Sometimes I, I can imagine what that'd be like, yeah. But imagine, really, there's no Harvard, Princeton, Yale, no Oxford or, or Cambridge, all of which were founded by the church. And imagine there's no, no Michelangelo, no Bach, no Beethoven, no Handel, and no jo John Newton who wrote Amazing Grace. Imagine there's no Alexander Solzhenitsyn, Nathaniel Hawthorne, Herman Melville, Tolstoy, Dickens, Dostoevsky, or, or Tolkien even. And imagine there's no Galileo, Sir Isaac Newton, Kepler, Copernicus, Robert Boyle, Sir Francis Bacon, and the list goes on and on and on. In fact, imagine there was never a scientific revolution, a scientific revolution which came exclusively from the Christian worldview. You'd have no electricity, no cars, no planes, no televisions, no computers, no refrigerators. And for those of you in Florida, you'd have no air conditioning. Folks, imagine a world without all those things and all those people. The world would look very, very different today. But now I want you to imagine another world. I want you to flip John Lennon's world and imagine a world without atheists. No Karl Marx, no Vladimir Lenin, no Joseph Stalin who slaughtered millions of his own people, no Chairman Mao who slaughtered millions of his own people, no Pol Pot who slaughtered millions of his own people, no Kim Jong-un. Folks, that's the dark side of John Lennon's dream that no one talks about. So imagine with me. Imagine there's no heaven, no hell, no religion, no God, no Christians. Are you sure that's what you really want? Are you sure? You see, because of devout Christians, your life today is far better off than it would have been otherwise. Now, the second reason you want God to exist is because if he doesn't exist, then survival of the fittest is the only remaining basis for morality. And folks, let me ask you a question. How do you get from survival of the fittest to love your neighbor? How do you get from survival of the fittest, where the fit survive and the weak die, to be kind? You see, if survival of the fittest is the basis of morality, 
that Stalin, Pol Pot, Mao, Hitler, and even the Inquisition did nothing wrong. In fact, they advanced the evolutionary struggle, and therefore what they did was actually a moral good. You see, if, if survival of the fittest is the basis of morality, how do you condemn Ted Bundy or Charles Manson? After all, it is survival of the fittest, where the fit survive and the weak die. Folks, that's evolution. If survival of the fittest is the basis of morality, then isn't the current war between Hamas and Israel a good thing where the fit will survive and the weakest will die and evolution will be advanced? Isn't it a good thing under evolution? You see, if the survival of the fittest is the basis of morality, what's wrong with racism? Seriously, what's wrong with racism if, it re if evolution really is the basis of morality. You see, the fittest race should survive, dominate, survive. That's how evolution works. The other races should die in order to advance evolution. That's evolution, folks. Survival of the fittest, you see, it has no, no, no place, no place for compassion. No place. It doesn't exist. The fit survive, the weak die in order to advance the race. In fact, according to evolution, the weak practically have an obligation to die. You see, if there is no God, then Don Henley was right when he sang, there are, are no wrongs, there are no rights, there's only people telling, selling T-shirts. In other words, morality is nothing more than slogans written on T-shirts. Now, folks, if you don't like that, I, I know I certainly don't. But if you don't like that, you better certainly hope that there really is a God, a real God out there, not just some make-believe God that makes you feel good about yourself. Now then, there's a third reason. There's a third reason you want God to exist, and it's because if he doesn't, morality itself is a fairy tale, just like Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. No different. You see, if God doesn't exist, there's no rational source for moral obligation. And folks, obligation is the key word. So many people miss that. There's no source for moral obligation. I am not obligated to be moral. Yes, sure, you can make up some system of morality that makes you feel good, that works for you. The problem is, why am I required to abide by your morality? What in the universe obligates me to abide by a system that you and your friends make up? Nothing does. I'm not obligated, folks. Why am I obligated to be kind? Why am I required to value every race equally? Why am I morally compelled to care for the poor? Have you ever thought about that? Why am I morally compelled to care for the poor if God doesn't exist? What in the universe even requires me to care, to give a rip? You see, do you realize that the first century Roman culture, that in that culture compassion was considered a moral weakness, a moral failing, that you were morally inferior if you showed compassion? So the question is, why were the Romans wrong? That was their culture. But you know, it was only because of Christianity that compassion came to be viewed as a strength, as a moral strength throughout the Roman Empire. Let me ask you another question. How do you even know which system is the correct system? Communism says the state de determines your morality. Socialism says, says that you can't even own your own home. Capitalism in its worst form says that greed is good. And then you have Jesus who said love your neighbor and Muhammad who said kill the infidel. Who's right, who's wrong? But the most important question is why? Why? 
I, I remember a number of years ago, I was up at the University of Washington. I was up there for a few years. And we wanted to hold a debate on moral relativism on campus. And so I went to the philosophy department. There was, there was one of the philosophy profs there who was known to be an atheist. Um, he was a great guy, but he was an atheist. And I thought, well, an atheist would probably debate in favor of moral relativism at the drop of a hat. So I went to his office, stopped by, and, and, and I asked him, I said, would you be willing to uh, join the debate uh, on moral relativism? And he said, sure. And I said, you'd be willing to debate in favor of moral relativism. He looked at me and went, No. Moral relativism is a bankrupt theory. That, that's the philosophy of the masses. But no philosophy prof worth his salt in America today believes in moral relativism. He said, if you want someone to debate in favor of moral relativism, and, and uh, folks, this is what he honestly said. If you want someone to debate in favor of moral relativism, go to the lit department. That's where all the wackos are. Amazingly, he said it with a straight face. I mean, I was tempted to bust up, but he was actually quite serious. But, folks, he, he, he ended that conversation with a statement, and I have never forgotten. He said, moral absolutes are self-evident. My only problem is I can't figure out where they come from. I think it took a few moments to, dawn on, to, to really dawn on my brain what he had just said, and I thought there was complete honesty there. And we were just having a conversation between a couple guys. But he was just being completely honest. But problem, but folks, that, that's the problem for every atheist. That's the problem for John Lennon. That's the problem for Bill Maher. They may believe in moral absolutes, like to be kind or to love your neighbor, but they have no rational basis for moral obligation. Again, obligation is the key word. You see, if God does not exist, what is the difference between morality and a fairy tale? I'm not obligated to believe either one. If God does not exist... How do you say that Adolf Hitler was absolutely wrong? If God does not exist, how do you tell the terrorists they are absolutely wrong for, decapita for decapitating babies? How do you tell mass shooters they are absolutely wrong for shooting innocent school children? I understand you don't like it. I get it. I, I don't either. But that's not my question. My question is, if God does not exist, then why are they absolutely wrong? Not are they, but why are they? See, you can say it's self-evident like the professor at, at University of Washington did, but that's simply your truth. That's your opinion. The universe doesn't really care about your truth. You, you may have already figured that out for yourself. It doesn't care about your truth, and it doesn't care about mine. You see, if God does not exist, then moral obligation cannot exist either. The only remaining alternative is that we must make up morality just like we do fairy tales. And, folks, that is a huge, huge problem because now you can only compel people to act in a certain manner through force, through violence, or through the threat of violence. Is that really the world you want to live in? So you may not have known it until today, but you want God to exist. You, you really do. You may not believe God exists, but you want him to. So to John Lennon and Bill Maher, let me say this. You want God to exist because his followers have changed your life for the better. You want God to exist because if he doesn't, survival of the fittest is the only remaining basis for morality. You want God to exist because if he doesn't, then morality is simply a fairy tale, just like Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. You see, God is the issue in every issue, especially morality. This is Brad Bright. 
and the God is Issue podcast. And folks, if you found this podcast helpful, be sure to like and subscribe. See you next time.